Welcome to the Data Diaries podcast and this special series on leading through the COVID-19 crisis for visitor attractions executives with your host, Angie Judge, Chief Executive of Dexhibit, Big Data Analytics for Visitor Attractions. The European region holds some of the world's biggest and oldest museums and other sites, and it is so diverse, not only in its geography and culture, but so too in its COVID-19 experience, from the devastation experienced in parts of Italy through to the alternate approaches employed by Sweden. Today, I am uh, very thrilled to welcome three leaders from across the sector in Europe to share their perspectives. Julia Pagel joins us, the Secretary General for the Network of European Museum Associations, who represent 30,000 museums across 40 countries. Uh, together, alongside two national associations represented by David Vlum, Director for the German Museums Association, and Alexandra Berbe-Slana, President for the Slovenian Museums Associations. Welcome to everyone. Uh, Julia, we'll start with you. Whereabouts are you joining us from today and what is life like there for you? Well, actually, I'm also uh, in, Berlin, uh, in Berlin at my home. Yeah, Berlin. Uh, Nemo is uh, located in Berlin. The uh, headquarters are in uh, very close to where the German Museums Association is, actually. But I'm at home. We're still doing home office. We have been doing that for the last four weeks, I would say. And uh, I'm getting used to that. And uh, how about for you, David? I hear Germany is thinking about beginning to open and it looks like you are in the office today. Yes, yes, the museum are reopening and our office is reopening also. Of course, we have a lot of uh, security measures. We cannot be the whole team in, uh, in the office, but, uh, but it's, it's a pleasure to be back to the office today. Mm. And how about for you, Alexandra? As you can see, I'm at my home office. Uh, I've been here mostly since uh, March 13th. Uh, our museums have opened today, most of them. Uh, but uh, a lot of my colleagues still work from home because not all of us can go back to the museums at the same time. Wonderful. It's, uh, it's great to have two people on this, uh, on this session that are uh, back in the office. It is fantastic news. And Julia, what is uh, Nemo doing at the moment to support the industry in your efforts? Well, what we have been doing in the past weeks is working on our survey. Uh, we have done a survey mostly for European uh, museums around the impacts of uh, the coronavirus situation. Uh, which mostly relates to the economic impact, but we also wanted to know how museums react in terms of their digital offers. And uh, I think this was a bit of a bright side that uh, we have been looking at. I think uh, that has been all across the globe. There was an unprecedented digital creative use and engagement. So um, this is the bright side, but obviously when you look at uh, the income loss that some of the museums, actually most of the museums are facing, it's uh, quite dull. On the other hand, we have uh, just uh, published a map of uh, European museums opening uh, back to the public again. Uh, I think it's available on our website. Most of the museums either open this week, next week, or within the first two weeks of June. So that's, that's, that's really positive, and we're really looking forward to seeing how this is going to go. 
Yes, I've been uh, enjoying playing with the interactive map. It's uh, very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I believe that it's really good, especially because a lot of countries in that moment kind of stuck to themselves and uh, the EU and NEMO, especially as a European network, is about European cooperation. Mm. So uh, we really want to encourage colleagues to go back to the cooperation that we have had especially in crisis, because you can learn from each other. How do museums open up in Germany? Uh, how do museums open up in another country? And you can learn from how, how to do the security measures, for example. I think this is going to be a very big deal. How are you going mm. to deal with a lot of people wanting to go into a museum? So um, I'm really happy about this. And David, how about for yourselves with the German Museums Association? Um, I would like to, to use the opportunity to say that we are actually uh, in a lucky situation in this difficult time in Germany uh, for, for at least three, three reasons. The first is that the majority of uh, German museums are public institutions. It means that they are part of the city, regional or national administration and they are largely financed by public money. So, so they don't, they don't have to, to they, don't, they are not struggling to survive and they don't have to lay off staff, at least currently. So that we, we are in a difficult situation. The museum uh, were closed or are uh, still closed, but we have some, some positive things. And the second positive aspect um, was um, already uh, mentioned by Julia is that in this, tragic uh, health uh, crisis, the museum were pretty reactive to, uh, they tried to have a good, um, to stay in touch with their audiences, with, uh, with a lot of, uh, of, off, uh, of, of, uh, of online offers. And it's not obvious in Germany, uh, because the Germany is sometimes very bureaucratic and uh, have a heavy administration. And, um, and, uh, and it was possible to be so reactive. And the third uh, really positive thing in this difficult situation is that the museum are gradually now reopening. So some of them, this very small museum uh, reopened already uh, last week. And uh, we expect that all museums in Germany will reopen, uh, will welcome back the visitor by end of uh, June. Of course, with specific protection, with hygiene measures, um, but it's, it's a positive thing, even if it's a big challenge because they need financial support uh, in this time because they, uh, the fixed costs are very high and the number of visitors are in the, in the first weeks very low. Mm. And Alexandra, how about for you with the Slovenian Museums Association? Well, first of all, I have to say um, we come from a small country, a very small, only two million uh, people. And uh, we were very lucky because we only had 0.07% uh, of the entire population that actually caught uh, uh, coronavirus. Uh, but nevertheless, the museums in Slovenia have been closed since March 13th, as I said. And during this quarantine, um, 
when people were uh, forced to stay at home, museums presented themselves and their work online. We had online guided tours, online exhibitions, online workshops for, for kids, uh, history lessons, and so on, so, and so on. Um, as in Germany, we are very lucky because uh, most of the museums are publicly funded. So um, most of the... Uh, um, so workers are paid by the government or by the local government. So we did not have any problems with letting people go. And uh, I suppose we will not have any problems like that in the future. Uh, but, uh, what, uh, but we still had a huge problem with the loss of income. Uh, in only one month of uh, the quarantine, uh, museums lost about half a million um, euros of uh, their own income. Um, and uh, this is going to affect uh, our projects in the future, uh, especially because uh, the government uh, has not decided to put any money, any additional funds into culture. Uh, and uh, they already told us that we are going to probably lose uh, some money, uh, uh, that they are going to change the contracts for the year 2020. And uh, we actually do not know what the future holds for us so um, in a way we are lucky but I, I don't think that this year is going to be very good or the best year mm. for us. Uh, it's sad to hear and, and a hard position to be in when budgets that you thought you could rely on are, are um, disappearing. Mm. That is going to be a huge problem and uh, another big problem that we have is that we actually did not get any uh, information from the Ministry of Culture uh, in a month and a half since we were at home. Uh, during this time our government changed, we have a new Minister of Culture, so everything is new to us and um, uh, the lack of uh, information is our biggest problem. Mm, it's a tough challenge. I know there's a few, few nations out there at the moment that are going through an election year this year and it's uh, certainly an interesting time to do that. Yes. yes. Mm. And uh, Julia, I'd love to talk a little bit more about Nemo's survey. Um, I know there's been uh, so many efforts pulling that together. And I think uh, when I checked it out at the end of March, you had what, nearly 600 responses at the time um, and so many more now that we're into May. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I wondered if you were able to share a couple of key findings and interesting insights uh, from that uh, original assessment. Yeah, um, I'm happy to share that. Um, uh, so. I think the most important thing, and this is something that both uh, David and Alexandra have been saying, is that the situation is very different to uh, maybe the, the situation of museums in the US, not the least, because over 50% of the museums in Europe uh, are state-owned. And even the ones that are privately owned are mostly also state co-funded. So um, when we're looking at the situation, there is the, especially the big museums and the museums in touristic areas uh, lose a lot of money every week. Mm. Um, and looking at uh, OECD um, uh, information that they are counting with a decrease of 70% of global tourism until the end of 2020, this means uh, that the museums will continue to lose a lot of money. And the question will be, how long can they not lay off staff? Because mm -hmm. at the moment, most of the museums haven't, been, uh, haven't had to lay off staff. They have had to hold contracts with freelancers, that is for sure. And they have stopped their volunteer programs, but the layoff of staff has 
thank God, uh, not been happening uh, until now. Although a lot of museums said that uh, uh, everything that relates to lending and borrowing, so international exhibitions have been completely put on hold. So until the end of this year, no international exhibition is, is going to happen the way it was planned. Most of them are postponed to the next year. And every big infrastructure project that even the ones that have already started has been put on hold and will be reconsidered because the budgets will probably not be there. So this is maybe the first bit, uh, which looks a bit grim. <laughs> we, also, uh, we also had a look at how private museums are doing. Um, now in the second part of the survey and, and the situation for private museums in, uh, in Europe is, is way harder than for the state-funded museums. That is mostly visible. I, I don't know if you've seen the um, press release of the Netherlands Museums Association that said that every fifth museum is gonna close probably. Uh, and most of the museums in the Netherlands are uh, privately funded, so um, this correlates quite well. On the bright side, <laughs> um, we've seen that museums have reacted quite quickly, uh, which is uh, really good news. Uh, over 80% of the museums have reallocated staff tasks according uh, uh, to current needs, accommodating whatever kind of need the museum had. So that was really, really good. And most of them did that with regard to digital activities, because this is where you get your audiences. If, no, mm. <laughs> if the public cannot enter physically, then you have to give them a gateway to go uh, to the museum digitally. And we've seen in the survey, uh, and this is all available on our website, even the second part will be by the end of this week, hopefully, that there is a correlation between input and output. So the more the museums reallocated staff or added budget to uh, digital activities, the more the digital activities increased and the more uh, they increased their online visits. So this is something that uh, is maybe uh, a takeaway for the future uh, because the museum will not go back to normal as we know, knew the normal. So we need to kind of co-organize whatever kind of exhibitions or uh, physical activities that we're doing with digital activities. And I think this is gonna be it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen uh, the recent post by a colleague from uh, Museum Hack uh, who, who said that the question of virtual exhibitions, for example, uh, was a thing by March 17, everybody did a virtual museum tour and then it gradually went down because visiting a museum virtually once is a thing, but you don't do that twice. You need other activities, other offers around that. And this requires a lot of new resources, which we are actually asking for. It's a really interesting thing, isn't it? It's sort of the ultimate test of digital and museums. It's something that perhaps some of us underrated for years suddenly became extremely important. And it's going to be a, a fascinating study of which museums did more digital activity and how that results in their post-closure uh, post recovery. I think so too. It also, I think, um, it reminds us very much about how do we measure, uh, how, how do we track, uh, keep track of, of online visitors? Because I think this is where museums really uh, need, to, need to get a bit better. Um, so looking at audiences digitally and physically, <laughs> 
physically we know how to do that, but digitally we, 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 we have the tools. I mean, the tools are there. We just have to use it a bit better. Mm. And Alexandra, perhaps we can come to you first on this one. I'd love to know a piece of advice that you have from uh, your region that, um, that you could share with the industry globally. Well, the most important advice I actually have is uh, that uh, it has been very important for museums and galleries in Slovenia uh, uh, to cooperate. Cooperation, help each other, uh, organize events together uh, and communicate with the government together because uh, we were more powerful this way, we were heard. And um, just last week uh, we found out that we are going to be open the next day. So. In the evening news, the uh, the prime minister announced the opening of the museums in 12 hours, and uh, <laughs> which was wow. which was yeah, it was crazy because we had no uh, no announcement of that uh, before that, and we found out uh, about that on the news, and uh, the cooperation of the directors of the museums and galleries and uh, helping each other was the thing that really got us till today. Uh, to the actual opening of the museum because we realized that we have to take the matters into our own hands and uh, uh, work as we think is best. Mm. Thank you. And how about for you, David? What, what's one piece of advice you'd offer? We advise to, to prepare uh, the reopening of the museum very carefully but not only for the short time, for the short period of time we have now, but also to be prepared maybe to be able to stay open during the next crisis. We have mm. to think about that already. Uh, this week, the German federal government uh, launched um, a 10 million euro support fund for German museum to help them prepare the reopening. So uh, to buy disinfectant, plexiglass protective screens or to organize a ticket and visitor management. And our advice in this, for this kind of, uh, of support fund is to invest in these protective plans and infrastructures, but not only for now, but also for the future. Um, the virus we have, you know, the name, this very difficult name of the SARS-CoV-2 uh, has a number two. Uh, the SARS-CoV-1 virus occurred 2002 uh, and, uh, and affects, uh, affected Europe and the US less than the number two, but we have to be prepared for the SARS number three, for the next virus. And ideally, the, the next virus should affect museum less than it does uh, currently. So uh, museum should be prepared to stay open during the next pandemic. Actually, if we see museum as basic cultural services, like basic medical services, we, they shouldn't uh, be shut down so easily like this year. So our piece of advice, be prepared to be able to stay open during the next crisis. Maybe it's an ideal, it's a utopia, but, uh, but we, we should go in this direction. It's a really interesting concept too, because surely we, we will face a rise of, uh, of infections again uh, through this pandemic and um, sort of uh, starting to work through what that's going to look like with less blunt mechanisms um, uh, like uh, rolling closures will be really important to preserve our cultural future. And 
How about for you, Julia? What's one piece of advice you'd leave everybody with today? Mm. I think, I mean, I want to look at it positively. So I would, I would like to encourage uh, people to use the crisis as an, an opportunity. You know, the, there is this Winston Churchill quote, uh, never, <laughs> never, never waste a good crisis. That's it. And he said that after World War II, when he was rebuilding the industry. And uh, I think what we could do now with this is encouraging a discussion about how museum work will look in the, uh, the future and what are the success factors of museum work because it's certainly not having a lot of people in the museum. I think it's a chance for museums to really look at what, what makes museum work successful and maybe shift a bit from quantity to quality, integrating the digital sphere. Uh, I know this is a very meta level, but on the long run, I think we need to take this discussion because it's never going to be uh, like before again. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. It's fantastic to have a group of colleagues from across such a broad European perspective. And we really, take, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to share your advice with the industry. Thanks to you. Thank you. Thank you, Angie, for the invitation. And thank you, Julia and Alexandra to be together online <laughs> today. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll be watching uh, your museums as, uh, as the world starts to reopen. I'm sure they'll set a great precedent for us all. And so uh, stay well and uh, see you, you all again soon. Thank you.